Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing products, reliably low prices, all the parts car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Also, follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. And if you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating review as well. That'd be much, much appreciated. Uh... Interesting little episode we got here today. We got some news over the weekend in regards to Austin Matthews. And not really the good kind of news. But I'm going to try and spin it as positively as I possibly can. So uh, I'll tell you about what's going on in uh, in the life of Austin in just a couple of moments. Um, Scott Wheeler put out his top 50 drafted prospects list. A list that he does each and every year. It's one of my favorite reads from The Athletic every single season. As a draft nut and a, and a prospect guy. Someone who plays, you know, uh, di- fantasy dynasty uh, leagues. I- I'm enamored with prospects in any list that has to do with prospects. So I always make sure that I read this one. Only one Maple Leaf making it into Scott Wheeler's top 50 drafted prospects list. I'll tell you all about that one. And uh, also uh, just kind of go around the league. Some news and notes and stuff that's been happening in the NHL. So let's start off with this Austin Matthews news. So I'm going to read out the email that was given to us um, that was sent out a little media advisory in regards to Austin uh, Austin Matthews uh, health. So it says as follows. The Toronto Maple Leafs announced that forward Austin Matthews underwent successful wrist surgery earlier today. Matthews encountered discomfort upon increasing his on-ice training earlier this week. After consultations with specialists and Maple Leafs medical staff, surgery was the recommended course of action. His recovery timeline will be a minimum of six weeks. Okay, so let's start with the the, the fact, like his wrist, right? It's wrist surgery and this is something that's been nagging him for a little bit. I'm assuming it's the same wrist. It actually doesn't say which wrist it is, but that, it's going to be my assumption that this is the exact same wrist in which he missed uh, a little bit of time with earlier, uh, you know, in this past season. And really what stopped him from just almost scoring a goal per game, like to, to be honest with you, it seemed like he was going to do that. And then he had that wrist injury and he went, um, I think it was what, like seven games without a goal or something like that, or in the score, like two goals in nine game span. Or it, he went on a, a bit of a rough stretch there in the mid, in the, in the mid portion of the season. And then I, I thought I also heard that his wrist kind of acted up a little bit again towards the end of the season and into the playoffs, which would make sense um, as well. He almost scored one goal. In uh, in the playoffs, so it, it, look, this has been an ongoing issue, and it's probably better that the surgery is happening now in the off season than it would have been if maybe they decided midway through next season, and he decided, okay, let's try and play through it. Maybe if we play through it, uh, you know, it, you know, just rest up for a couple of weeks and then get back at it, and maybe it'll go away. Instead, they say, you know what? 
This already cost me a couple of games this year. It cost me probably about a month of like strong play out of Matthews. And he doesn't want this this to nag and persist going forward. So he's decided that he's going to go uh, go under the knife um, with the advice of specialists and Toronto Maple Leaf staff. And he should be good to go and, and, and back training in six weeks. That's the recovery timeline, which will basically take him right up until uh, like into training camp. Training camp's expected to start mid-September. And this will take him into about, I think I said September 20. So... He may be ready-ish to return to the ice when the preseason games start. I would be surprised if he ends up playing the first few preseason games. And I believe there's seven preseason games uh, that are on the schedule. I I mean, if if he plays more than two, I'd be shocked. And I think they'll be later on in preseason just to get himself, uh, give himself that rest, extra rest, you know. And obviously, he's going to now have to play a full 82-game season, something that hasn't been done not only by him but anybody in in almost three years now right we had uh the first year when the pandemic shortened the season it, it, you know they played 71 games tops and then last year was a 56 game season so now you're moving into this year the 2021 2022 season and it's scheduled now assuming everything goes as planned but obviously <laughs> you can't just assume things anymore uh, a full 82 so he's gonna get ready and get going for that uh, but yeah, I, look, I, honestly, it's probably a good thing that he's having this surgery because if it, 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 if he's going in and let's say he had bone spurs or something, going in there, cleaning it, scoping it up, um, hopefully that means that this will no longer be a nagging injury and he can be uh, full health and not have this problem again, won't have it persist. So that's probably a good thing. But look, I mean... If that's the case, and and we get a full 82-game season out of Austin Matthews, and he's completely healthy the whole way, which he's yet to be able to do, granted, but if we can have that, just imagine how many more goals this guy can score. I mean, he had a bum wrist for most of last season and still led the league in scoring. Like, think about that. Led the league in scoring with a bum wrist. That's how good this guy is, and he can score in... So many different ways. When his his wrist was really bothering him midway through the season, you could tell. Because he was doing different things. He was more of a net front presence guy. He was scoring off rebounds. He was tipping. Remember, he was net front on the power play instead of his his normal slot. And he was just in front, kind of getting pucks on net, just taking easy shots on goal. You you know, so I, I think that a full, healthy Austin Matthews could be dangerous for the NHL. Because in my mind, he's the best goal scorer in the league. Absolutely he is. So he's going to be out six weeks, and that'll take you to, uh, I guess, midway through training camp, I suppose. Early to mid through training camp. Hopefully everything goes as planned. They say it was a successful surgery. Although, I'll always remember this. Um, <laughs> I used to do a, a, a podcast with uh, a man. His name was Dr. Abby Green. He's actually uh, a sports uh, physician and, and uh, a, a chiropractor, and he works with a lot of pro athletes. And he always he always said his biggest gripe that he had with media and the way that they talk about injuries and recoveries and surgeries is they always say, underwent a successful surgery. And he always said to me, he hates it because how do you know it's successful? You can't tell something successful right after it's done. It, I mean, yeah, okay, I guess there's no complications at that moment, but three weeks down the road, what if something happens? In that case, that wasn't a successful surgery. Or if he re-injures it, 
and it wasn't successful. You know, there's been a lot of times where people have re-injured stuff or, uh, you know, symptoms lingered or didn't correct the problem, which the surgery was supposed to, yet it was deemed as a successful surgery <laughs> right after it happened. So uh, I, I chuckle anytime I see that uh, that phrasing just because I, I always have Aubrey in my mind, Dr. Green, just yelling at me saying it wasn't successful. We don't know that yet. You won't be able to say that until months away. And uh, so that that's, I guess, we'll have to wait and see if it was successful on Austin Matthews. But, you know, we're hoping for it because obviously he's going to be a, a massive, massive piece of the puzzle here for the Maple Leafs in, uh, in 2021 and 2022. Will there be another massive piece of the puzzle for the Maple Leafs in 2021 and 22? He is a rookie. He is part of Scott Wheeler's top 50 drafted prospects. Who am I talking about? I'll let you know on the other side. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, I'll tell you all about him here on the Locked on Lease podcast. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, price at Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write locked on on their How'd You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano, the host of Locked on Lease, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. And uh, just want to thank everybody. Actually, last week, the episode that we put out for my my uh, mock lineup, my mock, uh, why can't <laughs> I remember what it's called? My mock lineup 1.0. Don't know why I can't remember what it is. Depth chart. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, my mock depth chart 1.0 was actually the... Uh, the most downloaded and most listened to podcast of the week for all of the NHL podcasts uh, on Locked On NHL. So I want to appreciate all y'all for listening uh, because that was a, a pretty cool milestone that that I was told. You know, hey, you had the, the the most listens from all the Locked On NHL podcasts this week. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so I appreciate y'all, the listeners, because that's awesome. Um, Okay, so before uh, before we took a break, I kind of teased Scott Wheeler's top 50 prospect list. And I'm going to go through some of the top prospects, obviously. But um, only one Maple, Leafs, Maple Leaf made the list. and Which is funny, because a couple of weeks ago, and, and you can go and you could find this, this podcast that I did a few weeks back. But we discussed some of the uh, most more recent draft picks, I guess, uh, of the Maple Leafs and talked about how underrated this prospect system is. And they're a little bit better than people give them credit for. And obviously they're not getting the credit here because uh, there's only one that made the top 50. That podcast was with, with um, Chris Peters, by the way. Chris Peters was high on a couple of the prospects. Uh, and none of them, none of the four prospects that we went in depth in in that podcast actually made 
I think maybe it was just three prospects there. Anyways, didn't make this list in the top 50. The one Maple Leaf who made it into the top 50 list for Scott Wheeler's rankings for all drafted prospects was Nick Robertson. Yes, he's still high on Nick Robertson, has him as the 28th ranked prospect in the NHL, who's not currently in the NHL, rather, uh, but already drafted prospect not in the NHL. And considering he's a second-round pick, that's not bad, just a couple years out, still considered a top prospect in in the NHL. Um, Here's what I'm going to read to you, the little blurb here that Scott had to say. He said, uh, number 28, Nick Robertson, left winger, 19, Toronto Maple Leafs, 53rd overall back in 2019. This is the point in the list where we get from the true cream of the crop into a bubble tier of sorts before falling off into a true second tier. So he refers to Nick Robertson as kind of that tier where things start to fall off a little bit. He's a tweener of being like a a really solid talent, like an elite talent. He's got Jake Sanderson, who went fifth overall in the 2020 draft to the Ottawa Senators at 27, and coming in after him is Nick Robertson. So just to give you an idea of how highly he thinks of Nick Robertson and what exactly he means by the difference between true cream of the crop into a bubble tier. You go from Jake Sanderson, a fifth overall defenseman who has great potential, great potential. They say Norris Trophy potential in that kid. And the very next person on his list is Nick Robertson. So that's that's what he means there by cream of the crop into a bubble tier. And here's what he continues to say about Robertson. Quote, Robertson's 2020-2021 season was a bit of a weird transitional one. He battled an injury. He was kept out of playing for Team USA at the World Juniors, which was a bit of a head-scratcher, one that remains one in hindsight. No, which was a bit of a head-scratcher then and remains one in hindsight, even though we both know that both parties were on the same page about it. And though he was very good in the AHL, his train didn't scream up to steep upward. Wow, I can't read today. His train didn't scream up the steep upward progression quite like it did the previous season. In that way, I would say Robertson's stratosphere as a prospect exists a little closer to the handful of players behind him here than it does the handful of players in front of him. He shoots like an NHLer with a shot that comes off his blade hard from the catch and release, a curl and a drag, a set stance, and a one-timer position. Through the first two the first two can take him a, a oh the first two can take him a split second too long, which has resulted in him being beating pro goalies a little less cleanly than he used to. Keep in mind he scored what fifty five goals in fifty games in the OHL. Yeah, he used to score a heck of a lot of goals. Hasn't quite translated just yet. Uh, Scott Wheeler continues on to say, "quote He's also got some of the faster hands outside the NHL, which helps him." quickly adjust to the shape of his shots or spin-off checks. Add in a middle lane drive and a tenacious approach to puck pursuit, and there's a lot to like about his ability to become the left shot top six score the Leafs have sorely needed. I do think he's always going to be on the precipice of getting injured due to a combination of his style of play, size, and hunched over stride it puts on him, though. So that's what he says about Nick Robertson. I apologize that was A, a long quote, and B, uh, <laughs> I struggled to read through that. I don't know. It, it's been a long day. It's been a long week. Long, long, last week was long. This week is long. 
I apologize, guys. But, uh, yeah, so Nick Robertson, really, really high on him. And, I mean, he believes he's going to end up being that top six guy. And clearly he, I mean, yes, I I believe he's going to eventually be that as well. Look, when I did my mock depth chart uh, 1.0, the one I was referencing a moment ago, I did not have him making the team night one. And that was my night one roster. Things could definitely change. Uh, a, things could change between then, and, and Robertson can certainly land on it. But even like afterwards, uh, two weeks after night one, Robertson could easily be in the top six if guys like Bunting and Richie, the guys they're rolling the dice on, don't work out. I believe there's a, a, a path here for Robertson to end up in the top six. Absolutely. So Robertson is, is well-deserving of being a top 50 player, top 28 player, according to Scott Wheeler. Uh, a couple guys, just, just to give you again, just some more kind of uh, more information as to more context as to like how highly rated he believes Nick Robertson is, how much high he, he, how high he is on Nick Robertson. Here's the guys that follow him. Phil Tomasino, who was 24th overall in the exact same draft. Alex Turcott, who was 5th overall in that same draft, is ranked at 30th. And Turcott's a great player. He has great potential. Evan Bouchard, taken 10th overall the year before by the Oilers. Dylan Holloway, taken 14th overall last year also by the Oilers. Thomas Harley, who's taken in the first round of 2019, same year as him. There's some really good players. Seth Jarvis, taken 13th overall in 2020, is considered lesser of a prospect than Nick Robertson, according to Scott Wheeler. Vasily Putkolzin, taken 10th overall in the top 10, considered lesser of a prospect. Like, there's so many players... So many guys. I'm pretty sure that he is the probably one of the highest ranked, despite being taken a little bit later in the draft. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Did you know that the Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time only? Right now, they've got Grasshopper Cookie. It is phenomenal. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about all of their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. You got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. And know this, my favorite flavor, the peanut butter brownie. It is fantastic. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors that we provide. And not only are the Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. They're great for the health conscious guy or gal, but also good for the keto diet. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like and get it now. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com.
Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. The NHL playoffs are in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sports needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action, and more. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign in today. Use a promo code locked on and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code locked on for 50% off your first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Just trying to look and see if there's anyone who's climbed as high from the 50s all the way up into uh you know into a, a a top 28 I suppose and I'm not seeing it we're seeing all top 10 picks pretty well Marco Rossi Boldy's up there Newhook was a 16th overall pick we're not seeing second rounders show up already no we're not they were all first round picks up until 28th that's how great of a pick that was. And number one on the list, Quinn Byfield of the LA Kings was the second overall pick last year. And he still has rookie status because he didn't really play last year, unlike the guys who went first and third in Timmy Stutzla, who we saw quite a bit, and then Alexi Lafreniere for the New York Rangers. Cole Caulfield for the Montreal Canadiens coming in at number two. Cole Caulfield, the second best. Now, I wonder why Caulfield is considered to be in this. I suppose because he still has rookie status, because he didn't play enough games in the NHL this year. Because he just, I mean, he killed it in the playoffs, but in terms of uh, regular season games, he didn't get much. Owen Power, who was the first overall pick this year, third. Kind of surprising to me, actually, that, um, that he's got him third. I thought he'd be a little bit lower, to be quite honest with you, just based on, you know, a, a lot of stuff that was said about this draft class and, and how lowly some people think of him. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be it there. Ahead of Nick Robertson, just ahead of him, yeah, it was Jake Sanderson. Peyton Krebs was just ahead of him. Arthur Kaliev was just ahead of him. So these guys all... We're just ahead of Nick Robertson. And then there's some studs who are further below. So some really, really talented players. Now, was there any honorable mentions? I actually did not take a look at the honorable mentions when I read this. Hey, there actually is. Rodion Amirov is considered an honorable mention for the top 50. So Rodion Amirov, who was taken uh, with, what, the 15th overall pick in 2020? The Russian kid, who I believe is actually coming uh, coming over this season to play in the AHL to get some North American play. So that'll be good for them. But, so that's it though. Making the top 50 officially, just Nick Robertson. And then just on the outside, they had their first round for 2020, uh, Radion Amirov. So, there you have it. It's interesting. You talk to some people, and they're really, you know, 
I don't want to say they're big fans of the Maple Leafs prospect pool, but some people really like what they've done, and then some people maybe not so high on them. But you know what? I, I don't think it, it kind of makes sense because the Maple Leafs don't have high-level prospects, but they have a few good prospects that can be good NHLers. Not superstars, but good NHLers. You know, I think Nick Robertson, probably the best of the bunch, he's up there. Sandin has, has technically graduated, so he's not really part of this list anymore. Uh, but Nick Robertson is there. And then, obviously, Amirov was uh, an honorable mention. I think a year from now, I'd be, I would be shocked. Honestly, I would be. If one of Niemela, Irvinen, or uh, Matthew Nyes are not on this list. And Matthew Nyes is kind of my sneaky one. that I, I, I th- Even Niemela. Honestly, all three of them. All three of them, I think, could potentially sneak their way, if not into the top 50, potentially into the honorable mentions list. Because I, it, it's not, they're not superstars, but they're still good players that I think are going to have good careers. So if you ever hear anybody tell you the Maple Leaf system is awful, it's barren, it's dry, they got no prospects, it's not true. They don't have guys who are going to be superstars because they already did that. They already had the Matthews and the Nylanders and the Marners and the Rileys and, you know, Sandine is going to be a good player. They had those guys, and they're now developed into the superstars that we expected them to be. And now since they either trade away first picks or they choose later in drafts, you're not getting the top-end top end talent that typically is at the top of these lists. But they did get lucky. 2019 second rounder in the 50s, now the 28th ranked prospects of all prospects not yet in the NHL. From 53rd overall in 2019 to now the 28th best prospect not in the NHL. Not bad. Not bad at all. All right, last thing I wanted to talk about on today's show is the new Amazon Prime video series, All or Nothing, about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, The docuseries that will be giving fans an inside look into the 2020-2021 season of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, well, spoiler alert, I suppose. I I don't think it's going to be a fairy tale Cinderella storybook ending, uh, if that's what you were hoping for in the docuseries. Uh, it's going to end in, in heartbreak, and it's probably going to elicit emotion that you experienced back in June that wasn't great. <laughs> I know that I didn't. So, you know, it's you know the story, but this is going to take you behind the scenes, and I think it's actually really cool. Um, the, the trailer's out. You can go check it out on YouTube. You can check it out uh, on a bunch of different places. It, it looks pretty cool. It, it looks like uh, they, they did a really good job of it. Amazon Prime did. I think it's going to be a five-part series, and I believe it is being dropped October 1st, I think is what I read. Yeah, so October 1st is is when the first one is going to air, and uh, and then it's going to be a five-part series. So, yeah, should be a lot of fun. Should be a really cool documentary that I'm excited to see. Um, and then I think I also saw that it's actually going to be voiced by Will Arnett, who is a massive Maple Leafs fan. So it's also going to be voiced by, by you know, a... 
I guess a, a Leafs super fan celebrity, which is also pretty cool. And I mean, he also voiced Lego Batman, so he's pretty cool, and that's not bad. Pretty good get, pretty good get for the Maple Leafs and for uh, for Amazon Prime there. All right, that's going to do it for me here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms to receive daily Leafs content. You can follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Lockdown Leafs. I'll be back to their episode later on in the week, but until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.